When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're looking at the Aerial School UFO incident. Just before we get into that, though, I just want to say if you enjoy this podcast and the previous podcasts, please make sure you're subscribed. We're on every podcast hosting platform, so whichever one you like, just subscribe to us on there. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Definitely jump onto one of those. I uh, keep you in the loop for every time I post or any sort of extra little bits and pieces. Big one at the moment is that we're on Patreon. So if you want exclusive content or bonus episodes, you can definitely jump on over there. It's only $5 USD a month. And I do very much so appreciate you guys giving your hard-earned money to the Patreon because I know times are tough and, you know, every dollar counts. So I very much so appreciate anyone who jumps on over there and helps me out. And also, guys, we have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. Definitely want to jump on there because I've got a bunch of uh, videos that are sort of referenced throughout the episode that you can go and check out in full. So jump on to there for any sort of bonus links or information that sort of relates to this episode or any of the previous episodes. Also, just quickly, guys, at the moment, I'm giving away a Paranormal Thoughts podcast shirt. And all you have to do to enter into that competition is go into Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review for Paranormal Thoughts, screenshot that review and DM it to me on Instagram. Sounds a little bit complicated, but it's pretty straightforward. And I'm going to pick a winner and I'll announce that on Instagram and also in the next episode of Paranormal Thoughts. So definitely a great way just to win a shirt. I think they're pretty cool. I don't know. I didn't really design them. I had some better, more qualified people do that. So me saying that they're kind of cool is really just pumping up their tires, not so much mine. But but definitely enter into that if you're interested in wearing a shirt. All right, let's get into this episode. So in this episode, we're going to be looking at the Aerial School UFO incident. Now, this is a pretty well-known, pretty well-documented case. It's a very interesting one in the fact of it's pretty modern in terms of when we speak about UFO history and so on, you know, being in 1994. It's almost 30 years old, actually, which is kind of wild. But these particular cases, you know, as the years, as the decades went on, seemed to become a little less frequent. You know, it's that typical thing of why can't an event like this happen in these days where, you know, people have their phones and, you know, would be able to get really like HD quality videos and audio and so on. But, you know, I guess you get a question, uh, I guess you get a look at it from the perspective of, well, that's probably why these particular incidences don't actually happen near as much, you know, if they're trying to be secretive and so on. 
I think they would uh, be monitoring and actually knowing that we kind of actually can't be so stealthy uh, as we once kind of were. But this case has had a lot of popularity in the last couple of months uh, because it was spoken about on the Joe Rogan podcast. And anything that Joe reports on or, you know, has an interview with someone on uh, that particular topic, the popularity kind of goes through the roof. The perfect example of that is when he had Bob Lazar on uh, probably about 12 months or 18 months ago. I can't actually remember now. It feels like the last year's just been a blur, but uh, it was almost like Bob Lazar's second coming where people thought it was almost like brand new information and so on. But this is a similar thing that's happened with this and it uh, brought it back to my attention as well, this particular case. And it obviously, it reminds most people of an incident that I did a podcast on. So I'm not going to go into too much of that incident in this episode because I have a full podcast on it, but that was the Westall UFO incident which happened here in Australia in Victoria. But a very similar case in the fact that it involved a school. This school was in Rua, Zimbabwe. On Friday, September 16th, 1994, 62 elementary school students witnessed UFO craft as well as alien beings who passed on telepathic messages to some of the students. Now, that's quite a hook, I must say, uh, just saying that sentence out loud. It's almost, it sounds like a great plot to a film or something. But this event really happened and it's wild that... Throughout history, things like this have happened because this would be one of the, I don't know, I don't even know what the word is, but I suppose one of the most important cases to, you know, I guess have been researched and to actually happened and, and have a fair bit of witness evidence, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But it is bizarre that things like this happen and they kind of just happen and, I don't know, people who care, care, and then the rest of the world kind of goes unnoticed but it has as I said had a bit of a resurgence of late but it just blows me away that events like this have taken place and I don't know we're still here debating the idea if this actually happened or you know if any of this could have uh if any of this actually even exists and it's just like man this was almost 30 years ago and it's it's just wild that I don't know just the complexity of trying to persuade people into really opening their minds and believing in this particular topic. So this event took place on a Friday around mid-morning and the students were out for their morning break or morning tea, what have you. And something very odd, I would say, happened that morning. Obviously, the UFO incident that we're about to get onto, but something else that, at least when I was in school, this would have never happened and uh, probably could have been very different in Zimbabwe in the 90s. Hard to say, but depends on, you know, when you went to school and you were listening. But the students were out on their break with no adult supervision. None of the members of staff were actually out watching the kids. They were all in an important staff meeting all at once. So there was not a single adult out there on the playground. Seems a bit irresponsible, but it was the 90s and, you know, what what could possibly go wrong? You know, the teachers aren't really that far away. They're just in the staff room. But probably just one of the biggest UFO events uh you know, well, the biggest mass sighting event to ever take place in the continent of Africa <laughs> happened uh, outside. But anyway, that's that's fine. So around 60 students witnessed this event. In the sky were three circular objects, each one flashing red in colour and then disappearing and moving to a different point in the sky. This happened multiple times and one of the three orbs actually came very close to the school. It was about 300 feet away in a out-of-bounds area that was not fenced off. It's believed that the children weren't allowed to play over there because of poisonous spiders and snakes. You know, it sounds like a really good time, but that is where this craft came close to. And it's hard to know if this craft actually landed 
some some of the students claim that it did. Others claim that it actually just hovered above the ground. But regardless, this craft was very close to the earth at this stage. So obviously these 60-odd students are there witnessing the unbelievable. This craft has just landed 300 feet away. And it gets stranger when a three-foot-high being climbs out of the top of the craft. The witnesses claimed that the being was wearing a shiny suit that was very tight-fitting. The beings had thin necks and narrow faces with thin arms and legs. And this is interesting, long black hair and huge almond-shaped eyes. Now, I don't think I've really come across long hair in any sort of cases in the past. It's a very interesting thing to pick up on and some of the students remember the beings having hair and others reported it not having hair. So it appeared that this being wasn't really paying any attention to the students whatsoever. They reported that it seemed like it didn't even know they were there. It managed to get itself down onto the earth and looked like it was surveying the terrain, kind of looking around. But the interesting thing was the students reported it moving in a very bizarre way. It wasn't particularly walking. It was more like it was bouncing And they kind of referred back to when astronauts would walk on the moon, where I suppose they would more more so take leaps and kind of have that moment of zero gravity in between their steps. Other witnesses reported this motion more so being like the being would actually disappear for a moment and then reappear further away and so on. So there's a little bit of discrepancy there with how this being was moving. But regardless, they all reported it moving very oddly and unlike anything they'd ever witnessed. The next thing to happen was a second being emerged from the top of the craft as well. At this point, the younger children started to run back towards the classrooms to notify the adults. There was actually one adult, though, who wasn't in the staff room, it turns out, and that was the canteen or tuck shop lady. The children got a hold of her and were telling her about these creatures that were out who, you know, just came out of this this spaceship-type craft. And, of course, she didn't believe them and thought they were just trying to you know, pull one over her and try to steal money or some of the treats from the tuck shop. So she didn't leave her post, which I'm sure she very much so regretted afterwards. Those younger children running away caused a reaction to the beings where they became suddenly very aware that there were children watching them. Both beings reconvened on the craft and just stared at the children. It was at this point some of the children remembered having a telepathic message from these beings. And that message was of destruction to the earth They saw fires, floods, air that was unbreathable. They also got the message of technology being an issue and not relying on it too heavily. And the interesting thing is here as well that later on when these children were interviewed, it's believed that before this event they had no thought about pollution or technology being an issue or anything like that. So this was a very new thought and a very new concern for these students. After the students received these telepathic messages, the beings re-entered the craft and the craft took off at an incredible speed. It's believed that the whole event took place over about a 15-minute window, which when you think about it is quite a long amount of time to be watching this unfold. So I feel like it could have been a lot shorter. It could have been one of those sort of moments where it feels a lot longer. Hard to know. If that's what's been reported, then that's what will go off. So of course, the students get a hold of teachers and they don't believe them. I mean, it must have been pretty wild to have 60-odd students coming in and telling the story of this craft and these beings and these horrible images that were conveyed to them telepathically and so on. Like, I don't even know how, you know, because these, these kids were, you know, anywhere between 5 and 12, you know, elementary ages. And for them to try to convey that, especially some of the younger ones, it must have been very hard to get your head around in that moment of panic. 
So obviously the teachers didn't really know what to think. They knew that they must have seen something because they were so riled up and, you know, so distressed. But did they see these little men come out of this craft and what have you? They didn't believe so at this time. It didn't take long, though, for this to make a bit of a news story throughout Africa. In the following days, one of Africa's leading UFO experts, Cynthia Hind, found out about the incident and began an investigation. She got a hold of the school's principal and told the students to draw what they witnessed. These drawings became very important in this investigation. During Hines' investigation, she spoke to the children, saw their drawings, even went out to the field, did some Geiger counter tests, tests for radiation, but unfortunately there was nothing out of the ordinary. Hind does go on to state as well that she believes that the children had no exposure to popular TV or press where they would be familiar with this abduction phenomena. Now, if you're very interested in abductions and UFO sightings and so on, a big researcher you've probably heard of before is Dr. John Mack. Dr. John Mack is a very interesting character within UFO history. He was a psychologist, also worked at the Harvard Medical School, and even was a Pulitzer Prize winner. He was a researcher who really opened up a lot of doors, I believe, because he heard out abductee stories. He didn't come out and say, this is truth, aliens exist. He also opened the dialogue to say, okay, you have had some sort of traumatic event or what kind of have you, whatever the event displayed itself as being. And rather than just writing it off as some sort of schizophrenia or what kind of have you, a mental breakdown, he would hear these people out and start to think about, well, what could actually be happening? The funny thing was that John Mack was actually in Africa two months after the event took place. He was over there doing some research into some African UFO sightings and abductions. And I feel like there's a lot of either coincidence, synchronicity, or, you know, just luck with this case in a sense. And one of the things with that is Dr. John Mack actually getting involved because he was definitely the right person at the right time. Uh, It's, you know, the fact that he was a psychologist specialising in children Uh, for him to be able to come to the school for two days with a documentary crew and film these students and question them. It was, it's actually unreal. And this footage used to exist everywhere online because I remember watching it some years ago and now it seems like it's all kind of gone. And I believe that's probably because of a certain documentary that is uh, meant to be coming out. But I managed to find some audio of Dr. John Mack actually talking to some of these students. So I don't often do this, but I want to play some of the audio for you just so you can really get a sense of what actually took place. Something scared you, is that right? Yes. What, what scared you? The noise. What noise? The noise that we heard in the air. You heard a noise in the yes. air? What was it like? Like a roar or a buzz or a hum or what kind of a noise? It was like someone was playing a flute. I saw little objects hovering. It was quite big, actually, and then there was little ones all around it. We saw something silver, and then we quickly ran to the logs, and we saw a silver silver thing, and we saw a man standing next to it. What was that little feel like when he was looking at you? I felt scared. It, it felt scared? What was scary about it? Well, I felt scared because I've never seen such a person like that before. What was the feeling when you looked at the eyes? Um, it was scary. What I thought was maybe the world's going to end. Maybe they're telling us the world's going to end. Well, why do you think they might want us to be scared? Maybe because we never, we don't look after the planet and the area properly. It was like in the world, all the trees will just go down and 
After these two days at the school interviewing these kids, Dr. John Mack goes on record and says that he believes that what took place happened. He did not see any reason for the children to lie. There were some discrepancies, as there often is with cases like this, but there's enough similarities in their reports that he believes that whatever they witnessed happened. He also believed it'd be very hard for these kids, you know, ranging quite a different variety of age, especially elementary school students where you have very young kids and kind of getting into those early teens to organise. So we'll get together and plot out some sort of hoax or, you know, pull one over. There's just no real reason to. Kids like to get attention, you know, sort of a lot of adults too. But this is a very strange way to kind of go about that. And the interesting thing is to... The, some of the students now as grown adults in their 30s have now come out and said they still stand by what they said back in 94 and that this event definitely did happen. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I always find it very interesting when an event like this takes place, it's often, well, what else might have happened that day, a few days before, a few days after? Often these cases aren't singular. There's other reports or other strange kind of happenings have taken place somewhere in that vicinity over maybe a week or potentially even sometimes up to a year or what kind of have you. But something of this size, often some other people have witnessed something as well. On the night of the 14th of September, so this is two days before the aerial school incident, a meteor shower was reported over southern parts of Africa. Although, in some of these reports, people witnessed a capsule-like fireball alongside two smaller capsules. Also, strangely that week, a truck driver reported seeing an alien-type being alongside the road, as well as a mother and son claiming to see something similar in broad daylight. 
Also, another interesting event happened at another school, and either this happened on the same day or the day after, I found conflicting information about that, where 100 students apparently witnessed a UFO hovering near their school. And that is often the case. Often, if something this substantial happens, other witnesses will see something either leading up to the event or after the event. Interesting the fact that another school witnessed something very similar as well. And this kind of brings me to the point of, was this event on purpose? Now, you're probably thinking, well, of course it is. Why Why would a UFO land at a school and then, you know, pass on these messages to these students? Well, I don't know. None of us will ever know that answer, really. It's very... It's, it seems very simple, but also very complex. And the reason why I'm not sure if it was on purpose would be the way that the beings seemed to act, where they didn't even seem to take any notice of the students. And then when they did, they almost had that panic moment of, oh, okay, there's people here, there's humans here. Uh, let's sort of vacate back to the craft and then sort of pass on these quite fearsome messages of, you know, the world ending and so on, very doomsday-like messages. Um, Hard to say whether or not they even knew that students were there. Just the way they were kind of acting, you would assume that they did, but also it's just very odd behaviour. Often with UFO sightings and, I believe, especially abductions, they're there for a reason. I think if you're seeing and if you're witnessing an event like this it's on purpose, most likely. Uh, a lot of the times I would at least believe so, unless there is some sort of, you know, complexity to the way that they, you know, operate their craft and, you know, there is sort of those overlaps between our dimension and potentially their dimension and we kind of just see glimpses of things we're not meant to. But at least with alien abduction, I feel like you are kind of, it's not really you're in the right place at the right time. I feel like there probably is reason behind them having that interaction with you. And... I don't know, it was just, it's just kind of like a weird way to sort of go about it. And obviously there was no abduction. There was just kind of a visitation. Uh, so I guess like a close encounter of the third kind. But also you can't then argue that there was no adults around, which is very, very odd in a school, I would say. And the fact that this craft was also seen over at another school, it was, it does kind of start to paint a bit of a picture of, well, maybe they were trying to make contact with some children to pass on this message, you know, if adults aren't going to listen, maybe we could try to, maybe we could try to actually get through to some, some younger people, some children. It's very hard to say, obviously. The, the event that happened in Westall in Australia here, uh, you could say a very similar thing, you know, I believe these beings might perceive children as, you know, non-threatening, which they really are, you know, they're very, they're very interested. They're probably very much so less likely to, react in such a panicked way. It's it's interesting with kids, you know, because you think when you're a kid, you you know, you look at adults and think they're not scared of anything, but really adults are the ones who have everything to lose. When you're a kid, you just, all the information is, you know, you're a sponge, you know what I mean? That's what I say to people, like, learn, learn things when you're a kid because you'll just absorb it and it's like second nature, but as you get older, it's like you kind of put those walls up and things become too hard, what can have you. But I feel like if a extraterrestrial is going to pass on a end of the world type message, you would have it with the future. And, you know, these kids are now in their sort of, you know, getting close to their sort of middle age, what kind of have you. And, you know, they have lived with that particular message. Can't really say if, I'm sure 
<laughs> anyone who's experienced that sort of event would, it'd be very much so life-changing and I'm sure they probably have put some things in place in their life to be very considerate of those messages that they received. At least you'd hope so because um, it is definitely a very big wake-up call. Uh, and it's very interesting, you know, is the reason why they picked a very remote private school in Zimbabwe because they might not have as much access to, you know, pop culture compared to, say, Los Angeles in, you know, the mid-90s or what kind of have you. It is it is very interesting, especially, you know, when you look at the Westall case here in Australia, that was in 66 and this is 94. Massive difference with what was kind of going on in the world at that time and what children would have been exposed to. As I said earlier, we have some really great witness evidence here. And you've heard me speak about this before where I believe that first-hand accounts from witnesses is probably some of the best research we can have. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that, especially a lot of people outside of the field of paranormal, which is fair enough, you know, it's, you know, with science and so on, you really do want some hard facts to go off before, you know, agreeing to something. But when you're dealing with like pseudoscience, the paranormal, the supernatural, it's not that easy because we don't understand what's going on. And I did say there were some discrepancies in the reports. You know, some children believed there was two beings, some saw three, some saw none, some saw multiple crafts land, some saw no craft. It's it's very interesting, but I think the way you have to look at that is not the fact that they're, you know, they made up the story and they're all just getting their stories and facts wrong. I believe it's more the thing of how do you perceive what is going on in front of you? When you're witnessing something that you thought was impossible, how do you, how does your brain comprehend that? And you're in shock, probably a lot of fear. You don't really know how you would feel in that situation until you're there. And keep in mind, they're kids. You know, as I said, they're probably the best <laughs> example of people to be in that situation. But at the same time, they are kids. You know, they'd be freaking out just like anyone. But how does the human brain comprehend something that, you never thought of in your life or that you thought was science fiction and all of a sudden this is happening as real as daylight and then especially if you're one of the children who had that telepathic message you're just like okay this is so much in such a short amount of time you know of course you're going to be very scattered and potentially see things differently and I believe other researchers have kind of come to the conclusion of well if these beings are interdimensional how you're going to, how you potentially perceive something from another dimension isn't black and white. It's not like seeing something here on earth in this dimension, in our, in our sort of, you know, third dimension way of living where, you know, everyone probably perceives everything pretty similar. But when it's sort of, or even if it's, in, if it is sort of interdimensional, how, how does the human mind actually perceive that here in our world? It's hard to know, but that is another kind of thing to take into account as well of, well, how, what, what is the correct answer? What, what are you actually meant to see? Because it's just so out there and unknown. So throughout history, we've encounters of the third kind and fourth kind and even fifth kind. People have had messages very similar to what these children have, that these children received. It's very interesting how it kind of works. And I've tried to have people explain it to me. And I feel like everyone maybe once again perceives it very differently because how do you receive these messages? Is it audible? Is it through images? Is it almost just like a thought? And it's just like, there it is. Uh, It's very hard to, I feel like it's hard to describe as well as just even understand. But 
that is a very interesting thing. And even the fact of um, when you think about it, if you're going to look at it from a hoax point of view, where would these kids have gotten that idea of, okay, so we're going to see these beings, you know, they're three foot tall, big eyes, you know, they look like aliens, great. What are they going to say to us? Oh, nothing. They're going to somehow put thoughts into our mind about the world ending, that we're killing the planet, you know, humans are going to die, and also technology is not necessarily the answer. That's like, wow, that's that's pretty wild. As I said, when I read that very first sentence at the beginning of the podcast, it sounds like a great plot. And it's just, it's very, it's very hard to then believe that, well, this was all manufactured by, you know, 10-year-olds and even younger as well. So it's very, it's a very interesting case and it's, it's very hard to disprove, I believe. Uh, you know, I'm very, as I said, I'm very skeptical, but I've also feel like I'm very, I feel like I'm not very phased by a lot of this material anymore. I feel like I've kind of almost heard it all, read it all. Last night when I was doing all this research, I kind of just sit back and go, this is incredible. An event like this taking place and many others as well, very similar, this stuff happens. And sometimes I feel like I can get very consumed and just, it's like I'm very passive to it. And it's just like, yep, that's an abduction. Yep, cool. Here's the facts. Here's the points I think are a bit blurry and maybe probably aren't related and so on. It's like you put your research hat on and stop thinking about these experiences as people maybe and how that event affects you. And I think these students uh, at this aerial school must have had a very big impact to their life. And, you know, I'm sure some were quite troubled by what they saw, others maybe a little less. It's it's very hard to to know the sort of long-term effects, but hopefully they turn it into a positive. And I think some of the students did see it as that, that they were messages, you know, I guess they didn't they didn't have any physical contact. They weren't taken. They were kind of just relayed this message and then gone. It's it's wild. And just last night, I just had that moment of this stuff happens, and it's it's incredible. It's just it's mental, and you know the fact that people still don't want to borrow it. But it's like all you have to do is listen to you know as I played earlier those kids speaking. You just go like what what more? Yes, it'd be great if we had footage, but people would still try to disprove that. Uh, <laughs> you know, like what, what evidence is there really? People don't want to believe that's, that's the thing. They just don't want to know a lot about it. But, you know, on this podcast, we're not here to, I'm, I'm not here to try to convince you. I'm here to kind of report on these incidences. And, you know, I, I believe 100% and I know a lot of you do too. So I'm not like, I know I can kind of get onto these tangents of, you know, wanting to make other people believe, but it's not that. It's more just I want other people to listen and to be open because there's always something stranger that's going to happen and try to prove that, you know, or disprove it. Uh, and in this case, yeah, it would be great to have more evidence. It, it would always be better, but, you know, 60-odd eyewitness accounts that have been fairly well documented, uh, you know, it's a lot more than what we normally get and from a very interesting demographic as well. Uh, of these young people, it feels like the the palate's a little bit more. You know, it's like a little cleansed, I suppose. They're not they haven't sort of been corrupted yet from adolescence and kind of you know going through their uh, teenage years and so on. It's it's very pure, I'd say. Their minds and probably how they interpreted that event. I think it's very interesting. I would have loved to hear an adult also witness that exact event and how different it could have been. You know, the perception of that, uh, and then also to think about. Uh, events like this taking place in other parts of the world, especially in modern times too, where it's just, it doesn't, it's it's probably not really going to happen again because 
you know, it doesn't really need to, I suppose. it's We're on a whole other playing field now. You know, people didn't uh, have podcasts like this, you know, 30 years ago where we'd be, you know, openly talking about this. It was hard to find people who believed or were interested in topics like this. But now look at you all. You're all here. You know, I'm a massive fan and it's it's just such a different world we live in now. Like I don't think three-foot-tall beings are going to land uh, at a school really anytime soon and try to give messages the way they once did. I feel like it's probably been done and who knows what they're on to now. Maybe we're too far gone now. It's Maybe we haven't heard the message uh, early enough and we are on this kind of collision course and it's just like maybe we are kind of too far gone and I don't know. We're not sort of looking – people aren't really looking over – where we're talking right now with Close Encounters, people are more just interested in what's the government know about these goddamn UFOs? That's, you know, what are they keeping from us? That's where everyone's ambition is kind of leading towards. And I'm not really that interested in that. Like, that's great. Believe what the government's going to put out about UFOs and so on. Like, go for your life. I'm, I want to hear from these kids talking about, you know, this crazy event that happened and, you know, all these other people who've had events. You know, it's, it's so much more... I think uh, so much more rewarding. I, I, I'd rather sort of fill my mind with that stuff personally. That's why I love talking about these particular cases. In this case, just because it's had such a sort of reboot in popularity, I just couldn't help but, you know, like, all right, I want to do some reading into this and I want to get my head more around this case and kind of get my thoughts because that's what I hope some of you are here for is to kind of hear what I think. But when I read or hear about this particular incident it really gives me i don't know i don't joy probably isn't the right word that's kind of how it feel where it's like this is just such a great case and i think a really great uh, historical moment to happen for this particular field you know it's it's such a great sort of benchmark to work towards um you know sort of bounce ideas off and reference and i'm just so glad it happened and i feel like it just it all lined up very perfectly going back to the kind of coincidence of like you know probably the best person to do this research being uh, in Africa, uh, you know, two months after the fact because he was going to be there anyway. And, you know, I guess just the events that lined up for these beings to have this experience with these children, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. That's kind of what it comes down to, I must say. So I think that just about covers it. It's a pretty simple case. There's not a ton of information other than, you know, the eyewitness accounts and you know, it was a very sort of short-lived thing. It just kind of happened one Friday morning and then that was kind of it. Uh, and that's 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 the beauty of it. You know, some of these cases I've kind of covered in the past, uh, they get very complex and the more complex they are, the easier it is to kind of maybe poke some holes in the story and just, it's a bit hard to follow. And I like, I like these simpler stories because it kind of lets me elaborate a little bit more and not have to kind of stick to notes and, you know, it's not really, there's one day. And that's that's all we kind of need to know. There's not all these sort of ins and outs, even though those those cases are great as well. But it is nice to be like, hey, I could sum this, I could tell you this story in like less than five minutes, and I love that because the amount of uh, I believe substantial evidence within this uh, with the witnesses is probably a lot greater than a lot of those others. So what do you guys think? I'd love to hear your opinions on this. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this case. It's uh, definitely one of the bigger ones. Uh, especially that's doing the rounds at the moment. But yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts. So that just about sums up the aerial school UFO incident. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. It is so great to be back producing this podcast again. It it feels 
awful when I don't get to do this. It's it's like something that eats me, eats away at me. So I'm so glad to be back and to kick it off with a episode like this. There's nothing that makes me happy. I've been waiting to record this all day because this is where I like to be is, you know, in front of this microphone in a dark room telling you about the paranormal. It's, it's just the best thing ever. And the fact that you guys are here week after week, uh, it's just I'll keep doing it as long as you're here. Thank you guys so much. Definitely check out the blog, Facebook, Instagram, as mentioned earlier, to win that shirt. Definitely go and leave that five-star rating so you can be in the draw to enter that. In the next podcast, I'll announce the winner. And of course, if you want bonus content or you want episodes like this early, definitely jump on over to our Patreon. It's only $5 USD a month. You'll get a bunch of extra content over there and it definitely helps keep the lights on in terms of uh, producing this podcast. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll catch you in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.